Greg Popovich being replaced as Team USA men's basketball head coach. Mikhail Bridges, some interesting comments on his potential extension. And we're only a week away somehow from Suns training camp. We'll look at the roster, see who might get an invite over to Suns camp and fill out that second two-way spot. All of that coming up right away on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. This is Locked On Suns, eight days from Suns training camp. Uh, We'll be going three days a week here, but next week we're back to the grind every single day for you. I am Brendan Clean, the host of this show Follow our show at Locked On PHX Suns. Follow me at Brendan Clean 14 on Twitter. And of course, it is a Monday. So Brandon is here. You can follow him at Zona Hoops underscore. We're recording this on a Saturday. We're not used to doing that, but I'll ask you the same thing I usually do. How's your weekend been so far, man? Pretty good so far. Uh, just I'd like to think it's just getting started too. So uh, yeah, but it's, it's good to be back. And it's crazy how fast this offseason's flown by. Like I just tweeted earlier, like 16 days away from their first preseason game. So uh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but uh, it should, should be pretty fun. I miss I miss the NBA. This was the first week, I feel like, where I really was starting to like, you know, like Zach Lowe started doing his podcast more frequently again. I'm like seeing some writing about the like preview stuff. I'm like, okay, we're getting close and I'm starting to get kind of interested. The Aaron Gordon extension got my like wheels turning a little bit i'm like all right okay the nba is coming back but um schedule wise i don't know if i'm ready for that part it's it's a grind oh yeah definitely and i think just they're all the moving parts going on right now and just like how there's still some like unsettled rosters and like the possible ben simmons trade and, and all that kind of stuff going on behind the scenes i feel like it's something's going to happen soon and then it'll be like oh, damn, like the season's actually about to get started. Like this is getting real. So I'm sure we'll have a couple more of those moments. Uh, but yeah, it's been a little, a little bit too quiet until that Gordon signing. That's true. Yeah, I will say it's it's going to be nice this time because a lot of the discussion around now last season was why are they starting so early? COVID is going to be such a problem. Who's even going to be active every night? And And we at least seem to be in a place where that's not so much the conversation. We can kind of just be like, where's Ben Simmons going and, and geek out about that stuff. So uh, that should be good. We'll do a little bit of that in the end of the show here again, as we get closer to camp, who might be on the invite list? What type of player could we see get that second two-way contract next to Chandler Hutchison? Um, we still don't know what that last roster spot will look like. It sounds like the Thad Young machinations are going to continue to grind until we get to opening night. I don't really have anything new there, so we won't touch on that too much, but we will some of these young guys who might have a shot. But let's start with Monty Williams, Brandon, because uh, it came out over the weekend or last week where basically Pop was a, I want to say one and done, I guess, you know, uh, technically he did that FIFA tournament in 2019 and this one Olympics, and now he is going to leave. There's always been rumors he'll leave the Spurs sometime soon as well, so Team USA needs a new head coach. Grant Hill, If for those who may have missed that, he is now the, the head, the chairman of Team USA, so replacing Jerry Colangelo in that spot. And Grant Hill will be the guy tasked. And it sounds like, Brandon, he wants 
somebody who has NBA head coaching experience, as well as, I think he said actually an active NBA head coach, as well as um, time spent with Team USA. So that inevitably narrows the list pretty considerably. And then if you look to even more recent, because a lot of guys went and did stuff with Team USA you know, years ago and, and don't have recent experience, it's really Steve Kerr, Nate McMillan, and Monty Williams. And we could have a Suns head coach be the, the head coach of Team USA. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. I think there's a lot of connections that Monty has. Obviously, Colangelo's not making that decision anymore, but I'm sure he's still helping Grant Hill with that transition process, and he has a great relationship with with Jerry. So I think uh, obviously being an assistant for five-plus years for Team USA, and like he's 26-0 and 0 as an assistant coach for Team USA, so just throwing that out there. Uh, he has a relationship with Popovich, obviously. He was an assistant for Coach K on their staff too, so I think – there's a lot of connections there and he's already worked with like more than half the players just over the course of his time as an assistant and in the league. So I think it'd be a seamless transition, something that uh, is an easy sell as far as like likable guy, great coach. Uh, The players are going to respect him and just someone you want to go play for overseas. So I think uh, I I would love to see it. I think if Monty wants it, I think he has as good a chance as anyone. Uh, Steve Kerr, He's battled some health issues. He's getting a little bit up there and like, he might just be too tired to go like go through that grind. And someone like Monty that's served his time. Like I could definitely see him uh, enjoying a process like that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, it's a no brainer if, if they want a coach that can kind of check all those boxes of former player has experience, uh, likable, you know, all that stuff. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The point you made about wanting uh, not Monty wanting it, but, the players wanting it is I think going to continue to be a big deal. It's been a part of the conversation about team USA from the FIBA tournament to this past Olympics. I know there were COVID considerations, but like, I don't know even if COVID was, if it was a normal Olympics, I think we still would have seen a lot of guys just say, no, we've seen that for years. So the fact that Monty not, not only, like you said, has like he's coached Kevin Durant, he's coached Chris Paul. He's, I mean, I guess Chris is probably done, but Devin Booker, he's coached Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And I guess those guys are not <laughs> going to be on Team USA either. But he has had these relationships with so many stars, has cultivated good relationships with those stars. Uh, Anthony Davis, of course, another one. Um, and the fact that we've seen the culture that he built in Phoenix be such a part of why guys want to come play here. I think that's going to that has to play a role when you're talking about Grant Hill picking a coach. And I think the youth part is a big reason why. But I don't necessarily know that Steve Kerr isn't that. But look, to me, like if Kevin Durant wants to go in 2024 and and have one last shot, the idea that Steve Kerr is going to be the guy to bring him there seems a little bit awkward to me at, at, at the very least, like. KD, for all intents and purposes right now, is the figurehead of of USA basketball, right? He just was the clear leader to get them to that gold. No doubt about it, who was the best player and the leader of that group. I think that's going to be the case for the next FIBA tournament and the next Olympics if he wants to be there. And so Monty knows him. Monty is going to be much more of a guy to get him to come there than I think Steve Kerr would be. And then the other thing with Nate McMillan, and it's not to say like Monty is only like the top consideration because of the, of what the other guys aren't. I mean, we all know Monty has plenty of qualities that make him very qualified in and of himself. But mm-hmm. with Nate, the reason I wouldn't think it would make a ton of sense is 
Uh, Grant Hill is the part owner of the Hawks. So that's already been out there. Like when this stuff's getting written up and tweeted about and whatever that hiring the guy that your team that you own just made head coach permanently and everything else is just, I don't think it's like disqualifying, but it could be a little bit awkward, especially if Grant Hill just wants to like put a statement, you know, I'm making my imprint on team USA basketball, hiring the guy who is already the head coach of the team you kind of help run is a little awkward. So I, I lean with Monty. And I also think the good thing about Monty, just to close my thought is he can be the coach for two, three Olympics if he really wanted to be. I, you know, we don't see guys stay for that long all the time. It's been a revolving door, but that's because Coach K and Pop were old. If you get a younger coach in there who's qualified, you could have him be there for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a good point about Durant. Uh, Monty obviously was an assistant with him uh, in OKC and also coaching on Team USA. So they have a really great relationship. So I think if the players have any say, I think Monty's going to be their clear pick just based off the competition. Um, so, yeah, I think honestly, and I don't know how that, that factors into recruiting for free agency and stuff like that, but it can't hurt. Um, we don't really have like a track record because Coach K, obviously, uh, he's, he's not an NBA coach. So he can't really factor that in. And Popovich had such a short stint. But we saw it the other direction in Boston this year with – Udoka being the clear choice for Tatum and Brown over there because they knew him from Team USA. That's the yeah. other direction, but those relationships matter. That's one-on-one -on -one stuff oh, that yeah, you definitely. don't just get wandering around NBA facilities and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and Monty is such a great guy that I think the Suns' culture has already shifted to the point where free agents down the road are going to consider them just based off of like what they have built. And then if you factor in the relationships and reputation around the league, it's just, it's only going to get better if he's a head coach there. So I think it'd be great, not only for Monty, but for the Suns and, you know, potentially lead to some stuff down the road. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no way to like, can like guarantee that or anything, obviously based off the track record, but I do think uh, it'd be a step in the right direction for sure. I think that they should want to hire somebody a little bit younger. I mean, obviously any, anybody yeah. will be younger than Popovich. So that, that part is, but you're right. Like Kerr is a guy who you could probably see doing one Olympics. Is he really going to be coaching the 2028 Olympic team? No. So, you know, I think in that capacity and, and McMillan is older than Monty also, I will just point out, these are not the only three candidates. I think guys um, like Tom Thibodeau have, have been around team USA. I think there's a couple others, but further in the past, Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers did it in like the early 2000s. There just aren't a lot of people because we've seen some of the co the um, the college ranks, like Jay Wright has been around Team USA a lot, but he's, you know, doesn't seem to be in the running because Grant Hill said he wants it to be an active NBA head coach for obvious reasons. So yeah. I just think Monty seems to, you know, all roads sort of lead to him. And I don't think the Jerry Colangelo connection hurts by any means, like you pointed out there, Brandon. So I will have to continue to monitor it. I think it will come soon. I just think you want that position to be filled and you want somebody to just sort of be able to lay the foundation of what their program is going to look like over there. And, you know, all the smaller tournaments all throughout, those all matter. And those all, you know, can be feeders for what Team USA, the Olympic and FIBA teams end up looking like every couple of years. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's sit. Let's go to uh, Mikhail Bridges because uh, Zach Harper went on um, – 
solar the sun solar panel with dave king over at bright side of the sun and reignited the conversation in the sun's fan base about the mikhail bridges extension we've all been focused on deandre ayton but let's talk a little bit about bridges um and what his deal could look like what he might be holding out for and all of that first though quick word from Sweatblock. The little secret to confidence that you can wear in your back pocket to get rid of unwanted sweat and odor. You just wipe it. It's not even a typical deodorant. It is a wipe. It's like a wet nap. I, they've sent me the pack. You just tear it open. They even say wipe it uh, before bed the night before. And they say it lasts up to seven days per use. I'm not going to lie. I, I've i used it, but I, did, I, I was too nervous to... Look, we live in the valley. It's too hot. I did it like two days later, but it lasted that long and I didn't notice a thing. So again, you wear what you want. You go where you want. You do what you want and you just don't have to worry. That is the most important thing. This stuff has been tested by firefighters in the heat of action, been tested by me in the heat of the Arizona sun, and it is a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. So once again, that little secret to confidence right in your back pocket to get rid of that unwanted sweat and odor. If you deal with this, if anyone you know deals with this, and if you live here, I don't even have to ask. I know that you do. You have to check out Sweatblock. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On or at Amazon and CVS. Today's show also brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got a device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You got sports highlights going on your phone, and then your best friend's neighbors log in. Just for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part is that there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, real quick here, Brandon. So basically the gist of what Zach said, writer at The Athletic, does Sirius XM Radio. He's at Talk Hoops. He has been the uh, gotten the ire of Suns fans for years from the Looter, Looter and the Riot. And riot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Best, best known for his greatest hits on Twitter, the Looter and the Riot. But uh, – yeah, let, I just want to hear what you think because he basically said if he's Mikhail, while like you know normally we wouldn't think of Mikhail as a max player, that there is at least enough of a case for Mikhail being a max player that he would try to hold out for that max or as close to it as he could get if he was Mikhail and Mikhail's agent. Do you think that's reasonable? I don't think it is based off of what he did this season, but I do think it makes sense if he's betting on himself and this next season he thinks he can make that leap to where – you know, he shows that he has a little bit more in his bag offensively and uh, he continues to get better. And if he holds out, then, you know, in the open market, you know, I, just seeing what he can get. And I think it could go both ways, though. He's right. Because if he doesn't take any dramatic leaps offensively or show that at least more flashes on a consistent basis, then all of a sudden you're looking at someone that I think might lose some money in, in a sense. So uh, I think. Mikel, too, wants to be here. Like, he's made that pretty clear. So I don't see him playing that role. But obviously, he has to do what's best for himself and his agent as well. So I could see uh, it going both ways. Like, right now, with these two extensions with him and DA, I think there's probably a lot of, uh, a lot of like, fine print talk being, like, uh, whether it's incentives or player options, stuff like that, that they're probably working on. So... Um, to me, I think these deals are probably locked in place. It's just a matter of figuring out those those small details and getting it done. 
I'm making it official. They could be waiting on something, a trade, cough, cough, yeah. um, that they're not involved in, just to be clear, but just, you know, that that young thing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of moving parts in it, but overall, you know, if Mikel wants to hold out, it's it's a risk on his part, but it's something that could pay off or bite him in the ass. So I think it goes both ways. Yeah, all great points. I think you're right that it's the point that I've been making, right? It's like we don't always see there's this middle time is not very common to see the rookie extensions happen. They happen right when free agency hits or they happen when training camp comes. It's rare that you see like late August, early September, anything really. We've seen like Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Aaron Gordon, but we don't really see news. No, like literally these people leave town. It's, it's like, it might sound ridiculous, but like people just aren't around to do it. We know Mikhail's in the Valley right now. He was at the ASU game. I think he stays here most of the time because his trainer lives here and, you know, family is, is pretty quick to get here too. But I think the player option on the Aaron Gordon deal surprised me. So to your point with the fine print that, you know, that stuff is important. It, it ends up playing a way bigger role than we like to think. We all just want to talk about the years and the, and the number and whatever. But you said something interesting that you feel like it's pretty much locked in, that you think it's going to happen. And you, you don't, so you don't think either one of these guys is going to get to restricted free agency? Uh, I think it's possible. Maybe if there's like a, right now they're playing chicken and just kind of waiting. And I could see one of those situations where there's either, an agreed upon date where they're going to announce both extensions together, or they're going to do them separately on different days and give them kind of their each, like their own day to like shine, you know? Um, but if they both want to test restricted free agency, then that's, that's obviously something that I think Jones either has a plan like in his back pocket where he's like, okay, we're going to do this and you guys are going to get this, or uh, maybe they're just negotiations are going wrong. Like there, there's no way to know for sure. But I do think, both of them want to be here. I think they're both going to get paid. It's just a matter of uh, figuring out those those like small details in the contracts. And I've seen some Suns fans say they don't want incentives in their contracts, which I'm on the opposite end. I think, um, especially for Aiton, like if you can add some incentives based uh, like details in his contract for you know winning awards or like a certain amount of like rebounding yeah rebounding let's do like 12 and a half rebounds or something just make him uh, hold a carrot in front of him and for Mikel as well maybe some offensive stuff like just throw in like these incentives to kind of keep them motivated because they're still young you don't want the ego to get in the in the way I think they're both great dudes and that won't be an issue but I think for any first contract you always want to add especially for like a young like star type player you should add those incentives early on just to kind of keep them hungry and uh, you know, grinding for that second contract. I go back and forth with Mikhail because you said something at the beginning that like, he's a great dude. You can tell he's committed here. I think that's always been the case, but I think that there is a tendency sometimes like just as fans, as people who care about sports. And I think Kawhi Leonard reminded this, reminded us of this to the greatest extent a few years back when it was like, well, there's no possible way that Kawhi Leonard is not going to stay with the Spurs. He's a, you know, class act. He's a quiet dude, whatever. Now all of a sudden he's like, you know, one of the most covered like divas, so to speak in the NBA, right? He, he wants to live in San Diego. He wants to practice when he wants to practice. And I don't even think there's anything wrong with that, but it just changed how we, how we saw him. And I think it should change how we see players because I don't think Mikhail, like, I definitely don't see him like sitting out training camp or making a big deal because he is just a a low key dude. 
but he's also worth what he's worth. And we keep seeing these contracts over and over and over that show us the value of wings, the value of glue guys, the value of three and D players of defense overall, et cetera. So I kind of feel like the McHale contract will be more player friendly, more friendly to him than we're expecting. And I think the Aiton contract will be less friendly to him than we're expecting, whether it's incentives or it is a legitimately below max contract. I, that's kind of been where I'm at for a little while. And the only thing I, I think is up in the air that I don't have a good gauge for is, and I don't think we've talked about this, if either they don't come to an extension with these guys or the extension is maybe not what they wanted, are you worried about like the atmosphere, vibe, culture being affected? Because it's very easy the past two seasons to have a great culture when your best players are maxed out and your young players don't have to worry about money. But we're now getting to that point in the process where it's like they're coming off of a loss and guys want what they want now. So I'm not trying to say that I'm worried about it, but I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you are. Uh, not at all. Just because of their both of those dudes are like so unselfish and they're not worried about, you know, getting their own or anything like that. So um, obviously they want to get paid. That's a different story. But on the court, I think both of those guys are like ultimate team players like and they're, they're guys that are you know, obviously still very young and have a lot long ways to go before they get to that point to where maybe they could be starting to say like, I need the ball more stuff like that. Um, but I think at this stage of their careers, I, I don't see any issues like growing like that. That's usually something that could come over time, like later on in their careers, once they're kind of not like sick of each other, but they're at the point where they're comfortable with each other. Like we've seen that with like, you know, the seven second or less Suns teams with how Marion kind of took that back seat and, there's some envy there. Like he didn't feel like he got enough love um, and stuff like that, even though leading up to that, their relationships were all great. Um, so there, there's definitely stuff like that down the road that could happen. And maybe Cam Johnson is that guy who kind of feels like underappreciated or something. But for now, like I'd say the next two, three years, that's not something I'm like the least bit concerned about. But, you know, as like if all these guys hit and they just keep getting better and better, there's going to come a point where, you know, you only have so many mouths to feed. Yeah, I think that's all fair. I'm not too worried about it either. If it was different players, if it was a different team, if we had heard anything in the past or anything this summer while these negotiations were happening that would lead us to feel that way, I might be more willing to buy into it. But right now, it's all happened behind the scenes. We haven't heard, you know, leaking of uh, the Suns are lowballing DeAndre Ayton leaked from his agent to Mark Stein or whoever. We just that hasn't happened. So I don't think there's any reason to worry yet about that. Um, come come tip off of opening night. Uh, let's pivot. I did. Uh, I asked you to do some homework, Brandon, on guys that might be able to uh, come in here and train in camp and compete. I have a couple ideas on my own, and we'll get to all of that in a second. First, though, a quick word from Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So, in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, which ensures an even number of games played between all opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players had more scheduled games is over. The days of mindless daily busy work just to make sure you got guys in your lineup is over as well. 
And game pick is the reason. You pick one game per week for each player based on their matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, all that stuff. You add it up to a strategy that is more strategy, more strategic, and less busy work, less mindlessness, less checking in at work or while you're watching your kid's baseball game, whatever it might be. You just set it. Don't worry about it. Do all the work at one time and you're good. Sleeper Crack the Code Fantasy Basketball. If you love playing fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy, you're going to love game picks. It's really more like that football type of, of, uh, of setup. Just once per week, let it go, see what happens. So download the Sleeper app, start a league with your friends today, and you will not be disappointed. Again, that is the Sleeper app. That is the Game Picks League, and have fun. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone just like me trying to get through the day tension. Free Theragun can help. I have been sitting in an office chair for the first time in my life like all day, every day, and yes, it does indeed suck. Theragun is uh, a godsend. It doesn't just feel good. It goes to the source of the pain by releasing tension using the signature Theragun percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from workouts, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided personalized routines. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now to try it out and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. Okay, Brandon, as I said, I gave you some homework on short notice and you were able to whip up some names. It seems like my initial thought here is the Suns. One thing that does happen in August and September is these random guys sign random deals that we don't think about, and the Suns haven't done that, except for Chandler Hutchison. So who is left? Who could we reasonably expect to maybe come into camp and be a diamond in the rough? All right, so apologies for the background noise we got here going. But, uh, yeah, I did some homework on it. a guest on the pod. It's no problem. (laughs) Yeah, I did some homework on it, and essentially at this point – Looking at the rosters from top to bottom, there's 20 uh, or 11 teams with 20 plus players on their roster heading to training camp. The Suns at 15, so I think right now they're just kind of going to be sitting back and waiting for some of those, you know, players to get cut. Um, I looked at 10 different players and that were on my target list. Nine of them had signed. Nate Darling is one name that popped up that seemed like it could be a James Jones guy. Just 6'6", like, really good shooter. Uh, was on a two-way with the Hornets last year. Um, didn't work out, and now he's kind of – he's the only one on that list that didn't sign recently. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski is another name that Brooklyn might uh, – they haven't signed him to a two-way yet. They're going to have to decide between uh, him and an, another big – I can't – I'm blanking on the name, but there's a chance he could be a free agent. And then – Isaiah Hartenstein just signed with the Clippers. He got an invite to their camp, but if he doesn't make the roster, he's actually eligible for a two-way slot. So he would be fitting that Chandler Hutchinson mold where it's like he's older, he has some experience, and he barely is eligible for it. So uh, he could be a ready like bit, like backup big that can come in and carve out a few minutes here and there. So, uh, yeah, the names have really tried up overall. And just looking at – the rosters, the Suns by far have the least amount of players heading into camp. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, most teams are at like in that 
you know, 18 to 21 range. So sitting at 15, it's like, I think right now they're just going to sit back and wait for someone they like to get cut. Let me ask you this. Did Kyle Alexander do enough that you would want him to come to camp or I, you probably don't sign anybody to that two way slot right away. There's no rush, no reason to do that, especially with the limited people who are available at, at this point in time. But would you bring him in and just continue to watch his development, see what he becomes? You mean uh, Tyshawn Alexander, according to the, the broadcast? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we heard like six different names for every single uh, summer son. So, yeah, whatever you call him, that guy. Yeah, I, I think he was like a somewhat of a surprise. He was impressive. I would, if they want to invite him to camp, just as like a, you know, nod of respect, that'd be cool. I want to give him a two way, but I think if he earns it in camp and really turns heads there, then maybe that's something they can consider. But I think right now, just, you know, looking at how many teams have 20 plus roster spots, like there, there's going to be at least like, you know, four or five, you know, pretty high quality names that are going to fall through the cracks and they should yeah. try to scoop them up before they go overseas or do something else. So I'm sure they're looking out for that, but it's probably not like a, a huge priority for them. I think they're more, more focused probably on getting that, that, that young deal done or something else like for that last roster spot. So the two ways yeah, are not high, but let's jump over to that. Cause that was my next question. I think part of what we could see there, especially because we know the Suns have this open roster spot, the Spurs and the Grizzlies are two teams that a lot of people have been just mentioning in these types of conversations because it's not only that they have a lot of players, the the Spurs have 18, I think the Grizzlies have 20, but they have a lot of NBA talent. Like they don't have these throwaway names. These Both of these teams have a lot of players, so a lot of good players. So the Spurs, if you were to, target like one player on the Spurs who you might get in addition to Thad Young if this deal were to come to fruition because again Flex from Jersey continue to report it we've also seen um, Jake Fisher and others beating the drum on this and I don't think it's died down at all I think we could just see it happen during training camp uh, who would you be targeting from from San Antonio's roster if, if they could get a two for one two for two three for two type of package so Derek White would have been awesome before they they got uh, Shamit. That doesn't really make a lot of sense though. Um, and he's expensive. Really yeah, he's gotten paid already. The contracts would have to, to match. So um, yeah, looking at the rest of their roster, like uh, Joe Wieskamp is pretty interesting. He's a rookie, someone that I think Jones would have loved. Um, Luca Trey Sinatra. Jones. Trey Jones is another guy too. Yeah, but I mean they have so many guards too. So I think you could see them trying to unload one um but mm-hmm. then you look back at the sun's guard depth and it's like you know they probably have to to cut someone so I, it's kind of uh i don't see any like clear-cut like perfect fits that make a ton of sense but um yeah if it's a ends up being a two for two that'd be i think i'd be a little bit surprised i think they kind of want to do a two for one and then maybe fill in uh that those last spots with like one of their guys yeah, I was looking, I'm, I was trying to look as you were talking, um, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Al Farouk Aminu, I, I don't really buy the physical like ability to stay healthy, but if you were to have a 15th man as good as Al Farouk Aminu, I think you'd feel pretty good about that. He's, But he's making $10 million, so you stack that with Thad Young. The Suns just don't really have obvious matching salaries for that, even if it was Sharich and Jalen Smith. I still don't think you're getting there, so... The Spurs, 
We'll have to see. I agree. I think that they have that weird structure where guys are either expensive or very, very, very cheap. They don't really have a lot of those those middle salaries or throwaway salaries um, that, that could be fit. So let's go to Memphis because they're the other one. I think that they have maybe outside of Eve Pons, who is from Tennessee as well and doesn't even – I mean, he's a rookie, I believe, so he might be the obvious one. But other than him, like 19, 20 – NBA caliber players who could reasonably make a roster. So is anyone on their roster who could potentially be cut? Cause they got, they have Jarrett Culver. Now they have Carson Edwards. Now they have Daniel yeah. Oturu who was with the Clippers. Killian is there anyone Tilly, here? Please. Well, Tilly. Tilly. I don't think he's going to get cut, but I mean, he would be, a, I think he's on a two way for them, right? Yeah, I think so. But if they want to open up a spot, cause they have, they're carrying so many young guys that, you know, if, if, you know, Yves Pond really impresses them in, in training camp. And uh, I think that Sam Merrill is another name they have too. So they have so many young guys that if they need to clear out some space, like I, like they're definitely on the top of the list of the teams I'd look at. Um, Tilly, that would be like a perfect big for like what they like to do. I, I can't see them letting him go though. Cause they're like the ultimate, their front office is like the ultimate draft Twitter, like team, like real life team. So it's, it's really funny to look at how they drafted the back end and like an undrafted free agency and, you know, picking up Culver and Clark is just really funny to me. Um, but yeah, I think they're definitely a team that can make a lot of sense for the Suns, just finding someone in the cracks. And there, there's a few other teams like Brooklyn has like 20, I think. So I don't know, just looking for those diamonds in the roughs just to fill out that last spot should be, pretty easy but it's going to be a really quick process because those agents it's the second they get cut they're already talking to or probably before, before. They yeah, yeah they're already looking at you know teams in europe and just trying to get them the best deal possible so they have to be it has to make sense for both sides and that's kind of the tough part this time of year so yeah yeah i mean the other thing is like we're talking about the two-way we're talking about training camp invites but the deal loosely that's been talked about for thaddeus young if that does come it does happen it's going to be Sharich and Smith and a, maybe a second round pick or something like that. That would ec- create an extra roster spot. And it, it, I think that's part of why the deal is, is really good. And I'm sure that's part of why San Antonio is trying to hold out for more is you're clearing that Sharich roster spot to actually be able to add a player. Whereas right now it's a dead roster spot. And it, I don't know, we don't know if he's going to be out for long enough to actually get that disabled player exception. So it's really just like this empty spot. If they can clear that, then they're also going to have another another slot for a player. So they would have the 14th and 15th spots open and the two-way deal and all these training camp um, spaces. So I don't think that they're done by any means. I think that we'll see a lot of these deals happen. We'll just have to – it's that it's like you're talking about that order of operations of, you know, how quickly into camp does this player get cut and do they already have something lined up? Do they Would they rather – get playing time overseas or make money here. And it's almost boring, but not boring, at least to me, it's not boring. Um, Cause it, it, these like, if we're going to get mad about the two way thing with Tyshawn Alexander and, and everything else, then these opportunities are places where you can find players who maybe sneak into the back end of your rotation one day. So I, I think it does, it does matter. It, it, it's not the biggest deal. It might be a 5% chance, but it is important. And 
it's going to be who we watch in preseason. So if there's nothing else, it's uh, let's get some entertainment factor in there. Let's get some players we recognize and who might be some fun. But uh, that'll wrap us up. Anything we should be on the lookout for from you, Brandon, at Brightside, at Zona Hoops, coming in the next few weeks, or I guess one week since we'll talk to you again soon? Uh, circle October 5th on your guys' calendars. Can't give away too much, but you know some fun things coming up. Um, but yeah, other than that, just – Stay locked in, subscribe to Locked On Suns and uh, Zona Hoops as well. So, Cool. All right. We will have more on that, a little sneak preview potentially of Brandon's uh, hint there. But until Wednesday, one last week of three shows, uh, I'm lining up hopefully uh, some guests for the rest of this week. We'll have any news that comes down and keep it right here. But until then, enjoy your week.